Welcome back for another episode of Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. Find us on Facebook.com slash Podcast, Twitter.com slash Podcast, Patreon.com slash Podcast, Instagram at Go, iTunes at Go. Thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome back for another episode of Super Fun Game Review Podcast. Go! Go! Tonight, I am joined with Mr. Steve. I'm going to glaze all over you. Mr. Clark. Insertion in 30 seconds. <laughs> and we are missing one this evening. Ralph will not be joining us tonight, but stay tuned. He'll be in for future episodes. He shot the hostage and got booted <laughs> from the session. <laughs> Voted out of the team. Yeah, Ralph, I'm going to sledge everybody to Stefano. And I will be your host this evening. I like Pina Habana. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, what? Wow. Really? How long did that take you to come up with? Uh, like two minutes. That's uh, beautiful. <laughs> All right, guys. If you haven't and guessed it, blitzed in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If you haven't guessed it, we are reviewing Rainbow Six Siege this evening, and yep. for some reason, we haven't done this episode earlier. Does it surprise anybody the amount of times that we've talked about this? A little, but we or you? Okay, me. Okay. But yeah, still a little surprised. I mean, I have gone on record a few times on Mubbers saying I both love and hate this game at the same time, so I'm totally down for this review. I'm actually pretty excited to get it done. Well, you were also on record saying, oh, maybe I'll download it again. Uh, maybe I'll download it again. And then you finally did. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a full 180 for me on this game from the time it came out to now. Cool. So, having said that, let's talk about our initial impressions. Ooh. I feel like that was our initial impressions. Do you th- do you really feel that? Mm-hmm. Well, that was totally my initial impressions. Oh, okay. I thought well, we just organically went there. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'll throw my two cents in. I never really played it throughout. I know you talked about it a lot, Harry. And I heard some from Clark and the entire friend group. I never really got around to actually buying the game until actually Harry and Kyle went half and half and bought the game for me to make sure I would start playing so I can be, I could have friends again online. (laughs) Oh my God. And been a very good experience. Huge learning curve, but that's, I'm trying to save that a little bit. And I feel a little redeemed because just a few nights ago, Harry said, I think you finally get it. (laughs) It, It's like a backhanded compliment. It is. A little bit. It's like, you sucked for so long, but hey, look, you're doing things. Good for you, sport. (laughs) You're not the first person dead on the team without killing anybody anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Because that's that's literally how everyone starts playing the game. Oh, yeah. Because of that learning It was bad. The, the, The fact that I could actually get one kill before I died made me feel so special. And then I got shot in the head and it all went downhill. But still, enjoying it. So there, there is my initial impression. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that I absolutely love this game. Wait, 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 what? Have you played this before? I've been talking about this game almost since day one. A little of, bit. Of the podcast. I have sunk 
an immeasurable amount of hours into this game. I'm going to try to actually calculate it and spit that number out before the uh, end of the episode. Tonight. I hope so. I really want to know how much time you have actually put out of your life into this game. This is actually, I didn't own too many PS4 games before this. I think this was one of the first five games I bought oh. for the PS4 system. And nice. Originally, Clark and Hamill were playing this game, yep. mentioned how awesome it was. I picked it up and instantly fell in love. Again, I, I can't stress the, the learning curve. I think it was months before I could actually break even on my KD ratio. You gain the experience. You start learning the maps. You get fluid with the game, and it becomes just an awesome, awesome experience. Fluid. Oh. So cool. Why don't we breach on into game development? Oh, I see what you did. Game development. <laughs> You know all about the development of this game. I did a little bit of research today on a this. A little bit? So let me let me drop some... Uh, a little recon? You did a little recon on it? <laughs> I sent in my drone. Sent your oh. drone in for some knowledge. So some recent statistics that they released. So this game uh, came out December 1st, 2015. It was delayed. I think they were originally planning August 2015. Got pushed back to October and then pushed back to December. Yeah, hmm. I think they were trying to have it be a launch title originally, and then it got pushed, pushed, and pushed. Yeah, I think they originally announced it in 2011. So yeah. we're, we're talking like a four-year development for this game. Oh, wow. It was supposed to be the next uh, Rainbow Six Vegas. Oh. Yeah, and then they it slowly became Siege. So th- this actually had a pretty interesting game development. Uh, it was quite quite the article I was reading through, just talking about like, some of the things they were trying out with this game, some of the things that they nixed. Um, they did some testing, and they were like, this doesn't work for the game. They scrapped whole ideas. So let me let me just briefly talk about like some of the things that they were working on. I would like to hear that, please. So let, let's just talk about the success currently. So they're at their current player base is 25 million registered players with an average of 2.3 million each day. So concurrent that's, users. Yeah, that is, that like is some 3. good numbers right there. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Yeah. That that's insane. And that's that, like that's that's like top five game right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, three years old, and they still have that kind of a player base. Well, going into the third year, going into the third year, yeah. yes. So when they were developing this game, they they actually their big focus was the destructible environment. Like hands down, that was the number one thing that they wanted to focus on to make it a unique experience. A couple things that they scrapped along the way. They actually tested around with a respawn. On the game mode, but they found that like one team would have an advantage over the other. Like they may have found where they got killed from, so they could just respawn and run up to the person that previously killed them. So they they, they took that away, and they found it balanced between your hardcore gamers and your casual gamers. Hardcore players could still rush in, get all the kills and everything like that, but it also benefited the slow playing players as well. For people to make tactical errors and gain knowledge through sending your drone. So it did put a focus on gaining knowledge, more or less. So like, if you think about it, the amount of time you spend on the cameras searching for players, poking around, just viewing the environment, checking out what is blown out. like It definitely gives a balance to the players that aren't as gung-ho playing style. Yeah, it, there's a definite attention to detail 
that is needed to play the game and be incredibly successful. You have to have a lot of like uh, positional awareness. Not only where the enemy is, but where you are and what parts of your body are showing when you think you're covered because you're not. You, you just <laughs> never are. Like not uh, your entire body is never hidden. Yeah. At any given time, when you if you if you can look you know down a hallway or something not only are you seeing that but your enemy is seeing that too and and they did a very good job with that kind of uh attention to detail and uh, things in mind for like hitboxes and things like that this may bleed into gameplay a little bit you were talking about respawning yes that it's not like a call of duty you have to be strategic with it because it's pretty much you're dead and that's it until the end of the round. And with a lot of other first-person shooters where you can actually come back, you get a second chance at it to redeem yourself, you have to wait until everybody else is dead or your team wins. And that's pretty much it. Also, I think another very important thing to mention about the development of this gameplay that's really important is when you're dead, they made it so you can actually still contribute to your team when you're dead. Absolutely. By, yeah. by viewing the cameras and marking players and stuff, you can still contribute. And I think that is awesome. Instead of a respawn, it's like, okay, you can't go out and get the kills. You can still drastically help your team. I can't tell you how many times I've been playing this game where, like, Harry will spot someone on a fucking camera, and I'm like, cool, they were about to sneak up on me, and now I have the drop on them, and they're dead. Yep. Or cool... Now, you know, uh, I know they're about to sneak up on me, and now I have the drop on them, and oops, I'm dead. <laughs> exactly. that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, save the, I'll save the rest for actual gameplay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so some of the other things they scrapped. They actually originally played with an AI team, but they decided, again, they want you to focus on communication. Like, that was another one of their big things. They, they had these three Cs. I forget all of them, but I remember it was like characters communication and come and, co- and, <laughs> and come lots what? of come <laughs> oops wrong game and circumcision <laughs> <laughs> i'm cut bitch the soft c, the soft c. <laughs> so I they think did it was cooperation possibly yeah. that that actually sounds correct uh so they nixed the ai as well and the last thing i wish they would have played around with more because this is something that they were kind of testing the waters with map creator or a map editor that would be interesting. Takes you back to the old uh, days of uh, Time Splitters 2. Yep. That was yeah. the shit. That's funny. We were totally talking about that last night. <laughs> yes, we were. Um, so that was the three things that, uh, that they did scrap in their game development. Uh, another focus on their development, the living hostage. They wanted it to feel a little bit more organic than just a drone sitting in a room. Mm-hmm. So they gave them certain personality traits as if um, like if an explosion is in the room and there's dust in the air, the hostage will cough. There's actual coughing. The little things. If an explosion's going off, they might whimper or cry or or kind of give those sounds of distress. Also, another thing they might do if there's bullets flying in the air or again with explosions, I don't know if you've ever seen them like cower down to the floor or cover their face. It's it's a way of like like, uh, natural shielding. They react to it. Exactly. Instead of just being there stationary and you could just sit in the same graphic bits and make sounds, they actually move around. And if you're looking as a defender, have emotion to what is actually going on to the environment around them, which yep. is that's a really good attention to detail. 
I definitely agree there. And most of the times that I've ever accidentally killed the hostage, it's because they flinched or moved, and I thought it was an enemy, and I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. Round lost. You're not Kyle who just throws a grenade in to be spiteful, Yeah, which is still probably one of my favorite moments ever. I, I wish told I would have recorded that. I told him he won't. He did. He did. And he took out about three-fifths of the team in one shot and the hostage. Good on you, Kyle. He killed three of us in the hostage. He did. One one C4 pack that landed on the hostage's face. He got mad. Someone was fucking around in the room, and he said, I'll kill everybody. I told Kyle, you won't. He did. I had him in my sights, too. I was going to shoot Kyle because I saw him. You tried so bad. It's like you knew what was going to (laughs) happen. I was like, he's not going to. Dead. Wild card, bitches. Sorry, Harry. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, so something else they did with their their development, they wanted it to feel like a natural like operation. They actually studied real counterterrorist operations. Really? They they listed off a bunch on on the Wikipedia. Um, I didn't Google or any research on those typical situations, but they also um, talked to. I forget the what it stands for, but the G I G N, yeah, uh, um, Gigan, Gigan, yeah. They Gigan. they talked to Gigan, <laughs> um, for Giggity. for for actual feedback of what it is to be on like an operation like that. Wow, um, it it's funny because that's also the reason you cannot jump in the game. Counter terrorists do not jump when they're on a mission for whatever reason. But that is why that feature is not in the game. No kidding. I I totally blew my mind because i've bitched about not being able to jump a million times but they said it's not natural and not realistic to an actual operation yeah huh. which makes sense in a real world perspective but well, i never really you know put two and two together well you think you have so many tools and bags and things like hanging on you well i you get jump, that you'll like lose something you'll make so much fucking noise like yeah like yeah. I, I wouldn't imagine but how many other first person shooter games when you're even playing as counter-strike you can still jump you could do everything right like, granted we're talking years and years ago when they're developing the game talk to the actual military special forces specialists and really kind of took that into consideration that's i'm actually more okay with not being able to jump in the game just for the fact that they took that extra step uh last thing i just wanted to mention real quick the support that they have for the game they actually posed it to the board when they were originally planning it like hey we want to do further support after we release the game continuously releasing updates new maps new characters just to kind of keep the health of the game up they were actually really unsure about it yep but they gave it the green light and now they um, credit most of the success to the game as this continued involvement with, with keeping the game alive. Right. Yeah. They have like a live team that does all of these updates and all these new operations and the the uh, seasons within the year and things like that. And that's the stuff that makes a, a current video game have longevity like that. The only problem with it is the game gets expensive. Yes. If you if you're buying into it. It gets expensive. Which we know Harry has not because he'll just play hours and hours and hours with renowned, renowned, and a lot more renowned. Right. Good on you, Harry. Uh, wh- I would just like to talk like briefly here about one thing. Like when the game when the game launched, they were having the very typical Ubisoft issues of our servers are shit. 
are trying to link up with other players sucked. Like Harry, I know you played around the beginning. There were Steve. I'm not kidding. There were like ten minutes where we're trying to all get in the same party and get into a game. Really? And something would get fucked up and it would kick us back to the lobby and only two of us would be in the party. One of us would be off. Oh, that's terrible. Or one of us would be in the game. It would link one person and kick the two uh, two back. Yeah. I forgot about that. There was... Wow. It was nightmarish at the beginning. And actually, that is why I stopped playing. I've said that a few times. That's why I completely stopped playing that game is because for the first few months, it was unplayable. I'm not surprised. With friends. Playing solo was fine. If you were going to just play by yourself, it was a it was a great time. And certain times of the day, you could get with friends and it was fine. But peak hours, it was a it was a problem. That being said, the current iteration of the game, I've had no problems with. I haven't waited more than two minutes to get into a match ever. And I have to say is if you are someone else listening to this and you used to play Siege and you still like have it, check it out again. It's a completely different game. And that's that's a credit to the development that they've gone through for this whole like just building this amazing game uh, from what it was to what it is. Well, I would say so, because if it was anything like it used to be, because I don't just go out to play solo multiplayer i really don't enjoy that the only time i really play this game is if there's at least someone else to play with yeah it's i didn't realize that was gonna be that loud (laughs) that that was clark peeing on air (laughs) granted it's yeah there can be one other friend and three randoms but at least i have one other person to play with (laughs) just like how high can can you pour it from (laughs) Oh. oh god so, Clark, everything that you mentioned, I know we ragged on it a lot, but I think a lot of that is due credit to Operation Health. <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. Which, which actually, Operation Health was a year and a half after the game came out, though. Uh, yes, yes, it was, and it took them that long to fix the game, which sucks. So I'm glad I they play- actually fixed it now, so instead of having to worry, can I still play with the party that I'm still with, which are pretty much my friends now we can actually get a team of five keep it together and the interface which i have to say with not being super experienced with the game but enough but as a party leader where it simplifies it do you want to play again playing with the same team or just exit like i don't know if that was there beforehand but that really makes it easy for me trying to put a party together and actually keep us together so we can keep playing until someone gets too tired and has to go to bed. He <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> finished with the <clears throat> <clears throat> Last thing I wanted to mention, though, like <clears throat> some of the other things that they fixed in the game. <clears throat> the sleepy you are. The game. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, Harry. Go ahead. Go on. The game. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on. Get the- it out. Get that. <laughs> the game. Get it out of here. <laughs> All right. The game auto boots players that kill your teammates. They get one freebie. The second time they kill a friendly, they get booted out of the match, which is nice. And you can also report people that are cheating. Yep. Although I feel like that applies more to the PC version than it would a PS4 version. And then at least it puts kicks to a vote. 
when it's not an automatic boot. That's always been a thing, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I no, no, I'm saying I the, auto, sure. the auto boot is, is a newer thing. But it's nicer when you are on the verge of being booted, and then they don't boot you, and then you come back and kill three out of the five players, which I've seen that happen a couple times when we've played before. They're like, kick happy. I'm like, don't kick happy. And you come back and headshot three in a row. It's like, ah, fuck you, bitch. Cool. So let's uh, use our drone and move on into story, guys. Story. So let's talk about story. now. So much. Yeah. Now, there is a little bit. Which yeah. I think we'll just dissect real quick, and I have a couple questions. But I wanted to start off the segment by starting off with a question. Sure. Could this game benefit from a more complex story? I think a little bit. It a depends. A little bit more story. It could benefit. It would also need a single-player, more interesting single-player. Absolutely. As it stands now with the situations where it's just a single character in a situation that benefits their special ability or like revolves around their special ability it's almost like an advanced tutorial yeah Yeah. it's like how to play this character to maximum ability yes Um, which is nice sorry to interject but that is nice to where you can actually kind of learn the different characters a little bit yes i just think that they could they could make a narrative story out of this it would require a, a lot of extra character development now every character or sorry not character every operator has a background and they have like some interesting ties to some of the other characters like uh they just did it it was echo and ying were ex-lovers ah and so like they did like the valentine's day thing where you had to play as ying and you had to play as echo okay and you got charms to represent the the love. I got both of those charms. And so did I. And and Hamill had mentioned this and I hadn't looked into it a little uh, I hadn't looked into it at all. But supposedly it's either Echo or Ying is immune to the other's ability by default. They told the other person how to be immune to their special. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't think Echo has any I remember playing because I play you had to like win 7 games as Echo or 7 rounds as Echo. I saw Ying's flashbang a couple times, and it never really had an effect on my character. Like, I would see it popping off in a room, and I'd literally just be staring at it. And then, like, Ying would come through the wall, and I'd shoot her in the face. But, like, it was weird. Huh. That's interesting. I almost hope that's not the case, though. It might have just been... Honestly, it could have just been for the event. Okay. It was the Valentine's Day event. Yes. Was that. Another side note with relation to characters, I know Ella and... What's the... The manly lady with the... Valkyrie? No. Chachanka. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chichanka, yes. It's part of the newest release with the grenade launcher. Sophia. Zofia. Oh, uh, yeah. They're sisters. Okay, yeah. That makes sense because they're both from... Um... Iceland? Yeah, Poland. The... Poland. Poland. They're yeah, both the, Polish. They're Polish. Oof, we're butchering. <laughs> yeah. I, so I will say, there's a lot of lore if you read the character bios. But I don't think a lot of people spend the time doing that. But outside of that, well, back to my original question, I feel like they could have replaced the situations with maybe five-player co-op small narrative missions that progress towards the Bartlett University conclusion. Okay, yeah. Because the current conclusion, so it, it starts out just a general introduction of, hey, there's this terrorist organization, they have this new 
chemical weaponry, you guys are sent in for the task of eliminating and disposing of said weapon. Right. And then it finishes off with, hey, the terrorists have taken over the university. They're about to set off this weapon. You guys go in. And then it rolls credits, more or less. Right. So not not much of a cohesive story there. But I feel like they could have easily replaced those situations with five-player co-op missions that, hey, the terrorists have moved to this next location on transit to whatever or something like that. Kind of like an ongoing storyline. Kind of. Like you're eliminating the bases to try to collect intel of where they, they're holding the weapon or something like that. Like they, I think they could have thrown in something. It wouldn't have to be like end all of stories for Rainbow Six, but I feel like they could have had something. I could see that. Where there's other games that have done that type of storyline a little bit, kind of like where uh, you could do co-op gears. Not necessarily, I think, the first. I think they may have started on the second, if not the third, where you could go through and play online with a co-op storyline or even Army of Two. There's right. different games that have actually implemented that type of system into it where you don't necessarily have to be going through the entire story with the same person, but you can pick up at a certain point in a campaign. It's like a campaign, I always find, even with a lot of the multiplayer first-person shooters, that even though that's not the bread and butter of the game to a player like me, that's something that I still like going through. So whenever I picked up a new, for instance, Call of Duty game, I would play through the campaign first before I did any multiplayer, because then at least when it comes into the different types of characters or operators or the different maps or any little bit of integration that you're going to come across in multiplayer, there is still a little bit of like solid foundation or a basis of, oh, I know what this is from. So now I'm just put in this new situation. Fair enough. Me personally, anyway. I agree. But I, I think overall, this isn't the selling point of the game. It's no. all about the multiplayer. So maybe they just cut it to save space. I think they were so focused on crafting this unique experience in this competitive multiplayer field that they scrapped any sort of real story for that. And honestly, I I think it was the right call at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I did want to pose out the question. Yeah. Fair question. Let's vault in the gameplay. Gameplay. But not before throwing a flash grenade. Flash down. Oh, I landed in a bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> and right onto some goo. <laughs> You're dead. So one thing I wanted to bring up when it comes to gameplay that I don't want to forget, the destructible environment. I really loved the way that they integrated that into this game. Because most other FPS games that I've played so far, not really a thing. Yeah, you can break down like a wall or, you know, if it's like a big barrier. But with this one where you can get on ground level, take out like the first foot of a wall and start like chopping away at people's ankles while they're running around. That, to bring up again, was a big learning curve because that took me down so much. Holy shit. I was not expecting that. Or like not standing near drone holes. Yeah. That's like another big thing that you always have to be conscious of is like, where are the holes near your feet? If yeah. you notice, because they don't like that so much, in the newer maps, the drone holes 
are usually around a bend or there's something blocking it or there's like a 90 degree turn inside the drone hole because it's a cheap death. You shouldn't be exposed by those. No, it's it gets rough. And because even with with, again, getting into the the like the where you can take down just it's not like where if you were to melee a wall, it takes out an entire section. Sometimes it's just a very small spot. And that little small spot is all that needs to be there between you living or dying before the end of the round. All you need to be is a little shadow and someone can just see that little blip run by and spray it and you're gone. I've been on the receiving end of that one too many times. So currently, let's talk about characters real quick. I believe there's currently 16 attackers and 16 defenders. That sounds correct. And I think they plan on releasing up to... I know it's a pretty ambitious goal, but I think they want to have 50 on each team before they're done with this game. No shit. Yeah, they they mentioned it in press release or something like about a year ago. Holy cow. So, what makes this game unique is that every single, and I'm going to use the term term operator rather than character, just because that's that's a terminator. terminology they like to use. The Terminator. The terminator. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the Terminator I deal with. You call me 220. But each operator has a unique ability and a limited option worth of guns. I Resources? Guess. Yes. Okay. Each operator provides like a unique attribute to kind of boost or give your team some some form of an advantage. And I think that dynamic is phenomenal for, for multiple reasons, but it lends itself to give every single round a unique feel because there's always a different combination of operators. Now, not to cut you off... Do you find there's a certain dominant team that you can find that you put together? I mean, even though because there's a lot of different combinations of different operators that can be in one match of any certain type or like, do you feel there's a certain balance that is more important than others? It's funny that you ask that because I, I actually had a question I wanted to pose during this segment i'm sorry to take that away from you uh, but th- this is going to tie into it so i wanted to ask like do you feel particular maps cater more to specific characters i don't think it's the maps i think it's game types so like like hostage nobody picks fuse it's it's like a given like you don't pick fuse for hostage maps i do well okay I but <laughs> it's accidental <laughs> But you know what I mean, like you know, his his special ability becomes useless. Yeah, he's a he essentially becomes a recruit at that point because you you can't really. I mean, you can you can use his for anyone you know that is unfamiliar. Fuse has this ability where he mounts a uh, like a pylon, a charge. Yeah, a charge uh, that has a pylon in the middle of it that shoots uh, explosives into a room. Can't do that with the hostage because you can down and kill the hostage and then, you know, your team loses. It becomes a liability. Yeah, it, it, it just becomes a lot trickier because you can't just bomb the shit out of a room. Like, yeah. like when it's secure the area, I think Fuse is top tier A level operator. If it's anything but a hostage, I feel like Fused pushed. The, there's a lot of meta in this in this game. Like the meta constantly is evolving. But the whole idea from the early days was, okay, everyone needs to be in two adjacent rooms 
and everyone is like ready for it. The whole idea of roamers was pushed by Fuse becoming the the like the top tier guy because you, you like roamers didn't exist early in the game. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. There was no point. The the first top tier roamer was Frost and uh, she was an expansion character. I I think what really pushed the roaming was Kavira. When well, they released her. She's on a whole nother level. But what I'm saying is, like, Frost was the first person where it was pertinent to run out and put traps not just near the, the objective, but out further. Yeah. Um, like, because uh, you had Capcan, but you'd want to protect a smaller enclosure, whereas Frost, you're trying to get people coming in from further away. You want to create that distraction for other people because they go down and people have to pick them up as opposed to well capcam at at the time when capcam uh or when frost came out capcam uh or capcan sorry fuck (laughs) you just oh wing capcom was fuck fuck so when capcan uh was first out his explosives killed you one shot you couldn't just run past one. Now I think it's if you're at seventy five percent health or less, it'll kill you instantly. Yeah, they nerfed him a little bit. Even since I started playing, it's a little bit different. And he also went from th- only having three charges to five. They they're they're trying to push him to be a roamer more more so. And and that's the, something that I appreciate. They're evolving their old characters. They're paying just as much attention to their old operators as they are their new operators yes, that come out. And um. I, I think they they're pushing them to the roles. Like I know they nerfed Fuse Fuse's uh, ability. They did that in the first month that he was out because he really pushed the the like he'll clear a fucking room. You put Easily. one charge, you clear a fucking room. Oh, yeah. Now you have to be a little more tactical with it. I but, I think they boosted him actually though. That recently he, they 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 just boosted him again a little bit, but. Dude, the first month or two of that game, he would plant that fucking charge, and if someone was in the fucking room, good chance they're dead, 50% chance they're losing half their life. Because they, they actually started him with two charges, now he has three. Insane. Yep. Mm-hmm. Insane. I love the charge. Well, that was when they nerfed his... His, his damage used to be nuts, dude. You could, you could have one of those charges land a good, like, 10 in-game feet away from you, and you'd get hit by it. Not killed, but you would feel it. Like, it, it was more than just 10, 10 damage. I do just want to know, who is your go-to character? Period. I mean, obviously, there's offense and defense, but there's always that one operator who really, like, that's the first one you go for. Who is it? Attacker, I'm Fuse or Blackbeard. That's like my, they're my two. I, li- I really like Blackbeard's gun, and I like being able to punch a hole in a door and armor up, and I can still see, and like, you know, that initial shot or two, I have a, at least chance to get away. Mm-hmm. But he's a good peeker. He's, a, he's really good at peeking in, and that's something that I feel other characters lack, because if someone's staring at that door and you poke a hole in it, you're dead most of the time if someone's looking at it. With Blackbeard, you poke that hole and you pull back, they hit your shield and you can get out, or you could fire back. I I usually end up firing at least one shot back and then moving. Gotcha. Sometimes I get killed doing that. It's a it's a little bit of a trickier thing. If I think I have a bead on somebody, I'll absolutely fire. That's something I'm trying to evolve my game with for him. But Fuse is my absolute go to if there's not a hostage. I love Fuse. Um, I'm starting to play a little more with Glass, but Fuse is 
from the beginning of the game to now, Fuse has always been my favorite. I got let I, I still have one of the skins that was like one of the freebies from the first month of the game being out. Really? Wait, for for Fuse? Yeah. It was like a like a weird camo, like with tan and reds and greens. Yeah, tans, reds and greens, and like it's all like taped up and it looks like it, it's it's super gnarly. I have that one. It's so awesome. Yeah. I fucking love like I've unlocked like four different ones through the, the gambling. Or the, the, the Alpha roll. Packs? Yeah, the Alpha yeah. Packs still use the original. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it, it's such a cool skin. Well, now with the Alpha Packs, you can unlock it. But they don't even sell that skin anymore. Like, you can only get it through the Alpha Packs or if you had it. So by now, it's just a matter of chance. Yeah, and I, I love rocking it. It's like, it's kind of... It's like, look at me. I'm OG. Fuck yeah. you, bitch. So, uh, I guess characters real quick. Let me answer your original question first. Yeah. Uh I do think it depends on the map. Uh, I mean, yes, game mode as well, but I think the map also encourages certain characters to be used. And for instance, I'm going to talk about the plane real quick. They're narrow hallways, and there's not a lot of side rooms. Mm-hmm. I feel like shield characters excel on the plane. Well, I could see that definitely when you're getting into like the narrow settings. I do think there are characters that are better than others you can usually find on a lot of forums too where people are like who, who are the best operators and people like to rank them and you'll see typically some of the same names mm-hmm. on those ranks but having said that they keep tweaking the characters every like maybe two to three months they boost attributes lower accuracy like they alter these characters because they do want to find a true balance so you almost have to really stay on top of it so you can adapt to the way the game is changing to the way that it should be played or at least is going to be most optimal for the team yeah like like clark was saying there's there's a constantly changing meta to the game Mm -hmm. so as far as characters that i i play as when when it comes to attackers and I, i was actually piecing this in in my head as clark was talking about his i tend to go with guys that have long-range assault rifles that are highly accurate. And when I say that, I mean the characters I've been rocking on the attacking side are typically Thermite, Habana, and most recently Dokabi. And they, they also, again, I highly value being able to breach metal walls. That that's, has saved, that's big. That has saved my ass more than one time, and it expands your options significantly. Yes. Countering that, on the defense Oh, yeah, I didn't talk about my defenders at all. Let's That's just, fine. We'll, we'll get back to you. We'll, we'll get back. Okay. Yeah, let me just finish up my point. And then on the defense, because I highly value breaching a metal walls, I tend to lean towards mute, bandit, because those two can stop the metal breaching. And I also play Frost quite a bit, just because, again, she's highly accurate. They All three of them have, like, laser <laughs> shooting guns, like... Um, I remember Bandit is usually one of those characters that can snipe, uh, spawn spawn killing, essentially. Uh, they'll, they'll just kind of break open a window and it just Bandit's weapon just laser beams across the map. No, I, I do highly value that tactic of breaching metal walls. And on the defense side, I try to counter it to the best of my ability. Oh, it's definitely a, a very strong skill to have, especially getting through the metal walls. Uh, your Your defenders, Clark? Uh, so for defenders, recently I've been really trying to get a lot better with uh, Capcan. I love his gun. I actually think it's one of the best SMGs in the game. 
I just it, it shoots really nice. It has a very low spread. That and I fucking love Legion. Legion's my shit. Uh, I I've had a few like straight just goo kills, and it's the most satisfying. <laughs> fucking spread of the goo oh yeah just some guy fucking dying in your goo it's great <laughs> uh story, story of my goddamn life Jesus. No, I, I mean there was a thing in the 80s get my goo <laughs> giggity no like i i literally like i've gotten really good at uh i think the tactic with him is to place the goo in triangles because what happens is they hit the top of the triangle and they're like, oh, shit, I got gooed. And they either move to the adjacent corner. Like, you do it in, like, a stairwell. You do one goo in the middle and two in the corners. And what they do is they hit the first goo in the middle. And then they're like, oh, shit, I got to take this out. Let me move to a corner real quick. They hit the second goo and they're dead. It's It's been really effective. Also, his shotgun is, like, fucking ridiculous. It has, like, a really wide spread and does a lot of fucking damage. See, I might be... Well, it's not that I might be... I am very basic on my characters. I have nothing but the originals that are available to me. So if I'm going offensive, Fuse is my number one. I love them. I love the fact that I can set a charge on a window, and especially, obviously, if it's not a hostage situation, put one on a window, and I don't need to set it off, and I'll go up and try to find maybe like a a top hatch, Mm -hmm. and... Set off the first fuse, quick plant the second one, pop a second one down in there. So as soon as they hear the first one go off, they'll retreat. And if I can set it up the right way on certain maps, then I'll hit them with the second one and I can take a couple out at the same time. Number two, offensive, is glass. Only because I'm a big fan of Sniper. And especially for the fact that it's basically infrared. And especially, I forget the name of the map, but with um with the jet, with the airplane... And you can, like, find them roaming through the windows, and all you need, like, that little peek of their head and pop them off. Love it. Defender. My first favorite one was Capcan. That was the first one that I really adhered to. And just because it's you're setting booby traps everywhere. It could be doorways. It could be windows. And I love that little bit of... um stealth you can put into it someone that i really actually gravitated to is rook only because number one uh his guns it's it's good enough for short combat because Dude, that that mp5 fucking rocks that's, worlds. That's, that's exactly what i use and not only can i feed my teammates with armor shields but number two he has like a full, like a a half door shield basically he can put up so i can put up my barricades everybody can put up barricades like on the uh, the doors and on the walls i can put another one in a either a stairwell or something else that's going to trip somebody else and actually be able to inhibit one of the enemies coming in and detract them a little bit. And at least from the basic characters, I find those are like some of my main go-tos because they, they really are effective, especially because I'm actually, that's all I really have to use right now. Cause I'm not building up a whole lot of renown. So I'm going to use the resources that I have and they're doing great for me so far. Okay. So I think we talked about characters, the, the environmental destruction, uh, let, let's just talk maps real quick. I'm still going to be honest. 
even though I've been playing this game for several months, I don't have all the maps down. Maybe it's because I'm not playing as often as I should, or the fact that they have such a variety of maps that I'm starting to get an idea of at least where on certain maps I know where stairwells are, so I need to go with the drone you know, to the first, second, third floor, the basement, where I need to go to find the objective. But me personally, as a little more of an intermediate player, I'm just looking for the guidelines. Or once the round actually starts, I'm going back into the drone and trying to get an idea of where I need to be on the map. I, I feel like that's one of the, the hardest things for new players to pick up is the layout of the maps because that really makes or breaks how well you're going to do in the level. Yeah. Although I'm sorry to interrupt. There's the one where it's like the favela. That's the hardest fucking thing. Like, oh, that hasn't I, been around in quite some time. It's, they, it's just that's a, that was a pain in the dick. That was so big and so intricate. Like it's it's hard to find your place for me anyway. Th- this is actually a gripe that I currently have with the game because they did take two maps out of rotation. They're adding one back in. Now, originally, their reasoning behind this is because they were unbalanced in the attacking. Did they take Yacht out? Yacht and Favela were taken out of rotation. Now, originally, they did this on... I mean, it's even more strict on uh, the ranked play Yeah. because the competitive players had complaints about that. And Ubisoft came back and said, well, we're doing it to help new players because... X amount of maps, it's too many maps to hit a new player all at once that they're having a, a hard time with the learning curve. So they're trying to limit the maps. My issue is they've given out free content for a game and then taken it away. Some of it. I have, I, I, I get the reasoning for trying to help out new players, but they're still taking content away. And I never think that's a good thing for a game. No. Are they coming back though? Like if they said that they're both going to come back, yacht is coming back uh, with the newest update chimera, but they're taking away Bartlett university now to redo it though. Maybe. No, they already, they, they confirmed that they're going to add and change Bartlett. Okay. They said they're like adding room and they're changing some of the layout. They said it's going to be like pretty unrecognizable to what Bartlett is right now because they think it's so unbalanced. Okay. I agree that it sucks that they took away the uh, levels, but I actually think it's it's a different thing. Like not a lot of companies have ever done this before, but the fact that they put out almost a new level every season I'm okay. I, I That's how I internally say, like, all right, I'm okay if you take one or two and you're going to revamp them because I think I, I don't think they're going to be like, like, so for, for, for Chimera, my understanding is they're releasing a new level and they're putting Yacht back. Yes. So that's the thing. Like, if they're not being like, oh, here's Yacht back and it's new, like, they're, they're still releasing those. It's just, all right, here's the revamped Yacht and there's here's the new level so as long as they're still doing that and not being like oh well this is new content this is fine i think it's okay if they take some of them back so it featured a little bit of like your give and take so it feels even yeah also bartlett and yacht neither of them were in the base game no no they weren't they haven't taken away any of the base game stuff in in ranked play you can't play all the maps. It's limited to like eight maps total. Well, yeah. some of the basic and 
the released ones are, are missing from it currently. In ranked play? That's fine. It's a separate argument because yeah, yeah, because it's it's ranked versus casual. Yeah, like, no, that's that's the only thing. I wasn't like surprised. It's ranked. It's like well, if it's ranked, a lot of games where between your casual ranked play, there's only certain maps that are, that are going to be available when you're playing ranked. They want you it's, to focus on not, your skill set for those particular. Yeah, maps. it's it's not it's not so much of a comparison, but Rocket League. There's only so many maps that you can play in rocket league ranked that you can in casual play they add a lot of extra which the extra are fun but there's certain ones that are only strictly for ranked play period and that's it which totally okay with yeah if they feel like there's if they feel like there's an imbalance in competitiveness in one of those maps i'd rather not see that in ranked because then you're going to have people that are getting a level advantage when they spawn in they're like cool so figure it this way like do you know how overtime is calculated like what team you'll be as as in overtime no i don't actually it's your best it's it's what you've done the best with so like if you win two with defender and you goes to overtime and the other people have won tw- two is as offense Say you started off as on offense, you lost, you won on defender, then you lost on offense, then you won on defender, you're defender again because you won two on defender before. So they're giving you that where the other person has won both and they're on offense or uh, as attackers. So overtime is calculated by competitiveness as well. Okay. So So if they're taking the true competitive nature into this, and they want to be like, look, we don't want to give a level advantage as well as this overtime round. Not that everyone needs overtime. I mean, we didn't last night, but uh, <laughs> oh, 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 slipping little, that in there. Little, little just slip that bitch. in there. Slip that in there. Insert that in there. <laughs> little insertion. Giggity. <laughs> uh, I think it's okay that a if they're going to do ranked competitive that they remove maps that they feel or the, even the community feels. I'm sure that if there was enough backlash from the community in the competitive field, they, they would listen to them because they, they seem very receptive yes. to, to the, their players. And that's actually something I would like to like commend them for. Like not a lot of games are like super in touch with what their community wants. Yeah. It's what they want as uh, to, to release. And I think that's important for a game like this where they are going to continue to support it. If you're not listening to your prime players, there's no point in, in continuing. Exactly. They're the people putting money into your game. Yeah, I agree. Now, what, one other point, though, and th- this is kind of alarming, though. So in regards to the map thing, we'll, we'll take the whole argument aside whether or not they're they're pulling the content. They're quickly approaching their data limit. Now, I don't know all the details behind it, but I think each game is given X amount that they're allowed to distribute for the hard drive. Right, yeah, I've heard that before. They're, because of all the characters that you're adding in your system, because of all the skins that you're adding in your system, all the, the, the additional maps in addition to the base game, they're approaching their limit of data that they can send their players. So they're starting to, to worry, like, do we start pulling maps permanently to to eliminate that data shortage or like they're trying to figure out that they're also trying to rework the map so that each map takes up less space as well so i think that might be 
why they're cycling out some of these maps as well. They're, I think they're trying to rework them so that they take up less space. So when you re-download it, it's a smaller file size. That makes sense. But again, at some point, they are going to hit that that wall where I don't know if they can renegotiate or, or how it actually works. Like, I don't know what the, the parameters or limitations are, but at some point, they are going to hit that wall and have to, to figure something out. I never really even knew that there was a limit for it. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, there's there are certain things like when it comes to skins, like if it is it extra skins or what's actually just provided in the game base, because anything after what's provided in the base is on the user. I mean, granted, you might want everything having to do with the game. Well, that's great. Well, you might want every single game that you download or buy on your PlayStation, Xbox, whatever it may be. And then that's kind of more on you to find a way around it. Go get an external hard drive to be able to download the actual games and the rest of it on. So if you want the skins and the extra data, well, make it fit. No, it's it's Sony imposes this. So really? That, so, yes, so that one game can't take over an entire user's uh system so is rainbow six siege taking up four or five hundred gigabytes by itself no but they're quickly approaching the hundred gigabytes that is a lot okay to a game so is that is that the limitation yeah it's hundred it's because it's one fifth of the hard drive okay of the base playstation well i think by a certain aspect it's like, shouldn't know, that be up to the user to decide, I, I, like, how exactly. much of that they want? I, I think that we might be, oh, we could probably go down a long road on this tonight, which we can save this for another discussion. But at the same time, if a company is willing to put out so much content, and especially when you really don't have to pay for it, why should the company be at fault for it? Or why should the user be affected by it at the same point? It just doesn't really make sense. It's I'll stop. <laughs> That's I, fine. I'm sorry. It's just by that point, it it really doesn't it doesn't make sense because now you're bringing up the argument of okay, here's a company that wants to give their users who are so vocal so much more content and don't want to really take anything away when it comes to maps or skins or game modes. And the users are going to be there right behind their favorite game of, no, I will clear out space on my PlayStation or I'll go get an external hard drive. I'll make it work. Here's Sony stepping in the middle like, nah, you can't do that. To me, that seems a little fucked up, but I think we're getting way yeah, off get, topic. We are getting off yeah, topic. Yeah, that's going to be way off topic. We'll save it. We'll save that for another night. Yeah, it's a whole whole different argument. It's a, it's a very large argument that I don't think we should... Dive into yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's fine. Okay. I'm going to write that down, though. Did anybody else have anything gameplay related they wanted to talk about? Maybe just quickly mention there's only three game modes for for casual rank play. There's a terrorist mode, but we don't even fucking care about that. <laughs> terrorist. Well, it's worth mentioning. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we're good on gameplay. We've talked a lot about it. Yeah. Let's repel into graphics. Coming on down. Graphics. All right, graphics, guys. I think the explosions look good. Detailed. I, I, I think a lot of the, what they call, um, what they call in the gaming community. No. Um, <laughs> particle, <laughs> uh, 
particle effects look really great in this game. Yes. Um, anytime you see like you know explosions or uh, like the flashbangs, like they're they're very gritty and they're very uh, like material. They don't seem like it's you know it, they don't seem like it's just an ancillary thing that's happening. It actually seems like an actual like explosions happening on your screen that has depth of yes. field. What they've done uh, so. I won't say it's an amazing looking game. I don't think the graphics are like mind-blowingly amazing because there's at this point there are tons of other games that look incredible comparatively. Yeah. For a shooter, however, I feel like it is up there in quality. With the skins now though, you're starting to see these skins that look like really detailed and nice and you're like they could have done so much more with the character models. Have you seen any of the engraved skins? In this game? I actually just unlocked one. I unlocked one for smoke. The Uzi? Yeah, the Uzi. Is it like a silverish? Yeah, and it has I like got all the that ing- one. Yeah, I got Look that at one the too. smile on his face. He's like, I got so that. So here's the thing. That gun looks incredible. It puts everything else to shame, though. Okay. Like the way the lighting is on it and stuff, it has like this really nice detail to it. And I feel like some of the skins are better graphics put into the game and that's kind of a weird thing to they me. They should have kept it the bit. same quality level. I get they're trying to push the, the they're trying to <laughs> Dick <laughs> they're, they're trying to push their own limitations on the hardware. Which is good. But I feel because so much time has passed there's like a, a disparity between the, the qualities. Which yeah, is bad. There's, there's, there's totally a, a gap between what goes into a character model from before and now and that's another thing where like i actually have a weird stigma about pay to look better i guess it's not pay to win but like some of the newer skins make the characters actually like almost in updated graphics you want to think that's a weird give me i think that's a weird thing it's like a weird like microtransaction to make your game look better Almost, which in a, in a, in a way, in a yeah, way, because well, you can't make other people look better, but you can make yourself look better to other people. It's just a weird little thing. It is well because by this point they have the hardware to really back it up, where they can make things look a little more crisp and clean and integrate it into the game, rather than taking something that's already been done and updating it, which they probably could do, but it takes time money effort which is just all money altogether so and they're raking the, the, it in though they're oh yeah making tons oh of money absolutely well i mean we talked about the numbers earlier i mean you still have the gamer base that is i don't want to say feeding into it we're getting on a tangent that is not conducive to graphics true but a little bit where do you have that base that is still following the game now and is still paying into it rather than the amount of people that i'm sure that they had before but it's not evening out because they're still making money with making newer products rather than updating the products that are already there and making them on even level i mentioned the explosions earlier yeah something I, i read in the development of this game the type of materials that explode let's say if it's a wooden wall they put a lot of care into well how would how would wood how would wood how would wood would fuck how would wood would well wood would how would wood explode if it would would explode chuck wood or how what? bullets would interact with stone or if you 
melee, that stack of papers. Like, they wanted it to feel like you're hitting that actual type of substance. They, they put a lot of detail into that. Uh, I didn't have anything else to build off of that. I just remember reading that little little tidbit earlier today. Now, one point I wanted to discuss real quick. Classic maps versus the new, we'll just call it the DLC maps. Can I say my piece? Sure. I don't know the difference. Only because I've only started playing about seven, nine months ago. So I don't know what's new, what's old. So that's okay. where I stand. Just wanted to get that out there. What, what what I wanted to say, I feel like they're trying to innovate too much with the new maps. They're not... The, the classic maps have more of like a basic design to them. Let's talk the house, for example. Okay. Very basic house. There's mm-hmm. nothing too crazy about it. It's not hard to get lost. Or it's... Yeah, that's what I meant. It, it's, it, it's a very easy map to navigate. Some of the newer maps, I'm still not used to them. I'm playing them hours on end, but I feel like they've tr- they've tried too hard, and I get lost very easy. Yep, I I completely agree. There's there's a level of simplicity that has been lost. Yes, it, it's weird. So like it's it's almost like one thing I've noticed is when you get towards the objective rooms, everything starts to become way more simple and it seems familiar. Like when you're defending, everything's pretty simple until you start realizing that there's oh, there's four more layers of rooms and shit outside of these two or three rooms around where the objective is. And so, like, that's the entire house, though, is those two or three layers. Whereas uh, the fucking amusement park, yeah, that's a fucking nightmare jungle of a maze. Yeah, it is. But when you get down, cl- it's it's like they took the house, placed it in the middle, and were like, let's build tunnels and a fucking maze around the damn thing. But then when you get to the middle, it's just house. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like the simple, like... There's a stairway here, and that's where a lot of action's going to happen. And then there's this long hallway here, and that's where a lot of action's going to happen. And then there's the the rooftop element, and then that's it. Yeah. I like the simplicity of certain rounds. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a complex. It's all about the planning and execution, not about getting lost. What's the What's the one map based on Waco? Waco? Yeah, it's the Waco, one. Waco, Texas? Yeah, no. It's the... It's the uh, I don't know what Waco is. Really? Yeah. It was like oh. a, it was like it was like one of the biggest like SWAT slash National Guard slash military operations on U.S. soil it ever. Was, it was Waco, Waco Texas. Texas. There, there was they, like a cult leader. They thought there was a cult leader, and then the FBI SWAT went in, and it just became a huge stain on the American government on how they handled. They went home in and bound. shot everybody. Is pretty yeah, much it what happened. Was basically well. Home, actually, home there was bound. a there was a what they described is there was a shootout, but then like people couldn't find guns on anybody, and it was this whole big thing. It was a really big mess in like yeah, the you should, 90s. Yeah, you should it was, Google that. That happened during yeah. our lifetime. Which let's not get like to get back to my Just point. Say, so, so describe describe the map. It's it's the map where it has it's the one with the tower where uh you can go in and then there's the one room over oh god uh um, Oregon is it 
how would you describe Oregon? Like there, the, there's like the there's one, the one bedroom with the bunk beds. Yes, yeah, okay. and then you can like get on the roof, and then there's like the other like real long tower. Yeah, and then there's it. like the one room that has the ladder into that like middle section room. Yes, and then there's uh, the basement. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. And the garage that you can get in, and then go right to the basement. And the basement usually has a yeah. What wait? What what point were you trying to make about about that map? <laughs> we just described the map. I know he went on. Where you going like, with it? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah, and then it has this. Yes, and then it has. So this, we we're talking about yeah, simplicity right. of map. So that is a very simple map. Yes, I agree. All of the all of the objectives are relatively like. Oh, is it the basement floor in the middle of the map? Is it the the radio room in the middle of the map, or is it the bunk bed room in the middle of the map? That uh, that house is totally based off of Waco. It's like the same style of. Well, you were saying they they studied a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the maps are actually based off of real situations. Like you were saying, like they studied a lot of them. They also based some of the map design and structure off of real scenarios, which was kind of a hot button thing when they were like showing some of them. But that's happened with every Rainbow Six Siege game, except for like the Rainbow Six games, except for Vegas, because Vegas, there was never really a big like SWAT thing. But most of the other ones were based on actual real life SWAT things but that was like including the areas and stuff anyway just wait for the next one simplicity of the map design (laughs) they need to get back to that yes i agree uh they're getting too fucking crazy yeah because some of the maps just to let you know some of the newer ones the amusement park the was it the tower is that what the newest one's called oh is that the one that has like yeah i think it is the tower it's a skyscraper you're in a skyscraper yeah where you can rappel down you can see the street below the elevator yeah, shaft yeah. like the huge oh, yeah. elevator shaft that, that that's a fucking clusterfuck as well so yeah i'm just getting at i feel like they're trying too hard with some of the newer maps and that i still like the base maps more where they're trying to get a little too in depth more than what they really need to do to yeah it's not it's not the, about the maps yeah like, like it, it's an attribute of the game but they like it's all about the action and, and sequences. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like you don't need to have like over the top situation to really keep the players engaged. It's just still have a, a decent you can still keep it mostly simplistic map. And as long as it's good enough where you have your angles and you have certain rooms and you have ways that you can be a little more tactical, then it's you're going to have the attention of the players. So why try to overdo something that you really don't have to do? So that was my big point on, on graphics, which is kind of like level layout more or less, but yeah, I mean, I think we hit a a good little point when it comes to graphically. Let's set off that C4 and head into music. Music. Wow. You really blew that one. So I don't really think, it's a whole lot of music more than sound. It's... Well, I'll, I'll do my bullet points on the music. Um, yeah. It was composed by Paul Hasslinger. Um, he worked on multiple Rainbow Six games and the Far Cry series. Oh, really? And here is one thing. I, I was reading a little bit further. He had a co-composer named Ben Frost. Ben is just trying to get in. And I'm, one, and I'm wondering, was it like an honor 
to his co-composer to name a character Frost in the game. Nope. I don't actually know. I'm just... No, I, I don't know either. I, I don't just, know. It, it just seemed... Maybe uh, for Ben, yeah, he's like, oh, we named a character named Frost. He's like, this is like my personality. That feels great. Um, but I also like... So we're, we're going to talk about the sound of the game in a second. And this is an important attribute of the music, is that it starts out in the beginning of the round, sets kind of the tone, but immediately fades away as you're starting to dive into that level. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot of back music at all. But I'm saying the importance of that is because the sound is highly emphasized in this game, which I think we need to talk about. Yeah, sounds sounds incredibly important. That's you, you do a lot of your positional awareness based on sound. Sound is so important to the point where there is Kavira, who is the leading uh, roamer, and her main ability is that you can't hear her footsteps. That's incredibly important if that's going to be the core of an operator. You know what I mean? Like, sound is incredibly important, and it's phenomenal in this. You know, like, okay, all, all three of us sitting here, what is Ying's fucking grenade sound like? You know it. What does Fuse's fucking charges sound like? What does thermite sound like? You know what I mean? Like every character has different just sound to Which, them. If you aren't playing this game with fully directional headphones, I, I was going to make that point. You that are not actually getting the full experience, nor are you being as great of a teammate as you can be. Hey, I am one of those people. Yeah, I, I, I saw. I saw you have you have one. Headphone. I use it just for communication. Okay. Um, it, it, it spend forty bucks Mm-mm. and it's, just it, it's not that I have I I have a fucking directional pair of headphones. I don't like them. I legitimately like because of my thin eardrums do not like direct sound into my ear. You can still uh, find something that's a little bit adjustable. Sixty bucks doesn't even have to be no, that. I, like I really, it, I just don't but like it's, them. It's or, really or, it's. It I I feels I feel like it really takes away from number one you as a player of what you actually experience like where you can literally hear it's like I have like mid range Turtle Beach headphones like the little bits where you hear like something's a little behind you something's to your upper right when they're upstairs or in the other room to your left that little bit where they at least put so much detail in the game that you can distinguish where someone's at when it allows you to makes it so much more worth it. Oh, I I understand that and that's that's fine. It's just that's not my preference. I I, I don't care if it makes me a better player or not. It's just not my preference to have the dual sound in my ears. I don't like it. Period. Okay. It's just. The, I'm saying you, the alternative is to having like a surround sound system. Yeah. Well, that that was. I, I don't know if we have to elaborate on that. I just think sounds really important for this game. It's not like a typical shooter. You really have to rely on it. Yeah. To make tactical yeah. decisions. Yeah, especially because it's not like it's it's Call of Duty where it's just like oh here's gunshots, gunshots. It's a lot more intimate. Why don't we uh, jump on into final thoughts, guys? Let's smoke. Into final thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that you said that. 
Pick up, pick up. Final thoughts. All right, Steve, why don't you uh, tell us your final thoughts? So, being late to the game compared to Mr. 400,000 Renown to my right. Oh, I'm beyond that. <sighs> okay. All right, braggart. God damn it. I am really looking forward to unlocking a lot more operators because I love variety in a game. And this game offers a lot of that. Not just within the maps or the different play styles, but the different attributes that each and every operator really has. And learning them can be a little difficult, but I feel like that's this entire game. And the more you learn, the more you know. So dive in balls deep. That's what I say. Balls deep. (laughs) Okay, Clark, tell us your final thoughts. Um, So... Being an early adopter of this game and then, you know, kind of going back and playing it now. This game has evolved from what I jokingly have called a pile of shit when it came out because it was damn near unplayable with friends and that's why I play multiplayer games. It really got to a level where this is a very polished, a very fun, balanced game that I feel like I could fucking go into any round and ace a team or just get fucking annihilated. And that sort of thrill is what uh, keeps me playing round after round after round of this. I like when I loaded my game back up, I bought all the year two operators. I fucking bought my season pass for for year three and haven't regretted spending an extra $60 to come in late to the game and, and be caught up. And then I just am eagerly awaiting new operators, new chances to to just see what this game has to offer. And uh, I, 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 it's one of the better competitive shooters on a console that you could play. What would you say, Harry? I think. Well, without a, <laughs> it would have been great if you were like, I fucking hate this game. <laughs> it, it has ruined my life. I, <laughs> I think the biggest selling point on this game is how unique each game ends up playing out. Again, you can have the same team over and over again, but the small little nuanced decisions that each player can make changes the entire experience each and every round. And it keeps it interesting. Like, as I could say, like when you get into Call of Duty, you get to the point where you can expect certain things, expect certain people in certain places, you see the same guns over and over again. This offers just, you. I can't stress that word enough, unique experience each and every round. And I feel like that's why I'm still not bored with this game. I did a quick, rough estimate. I think I put in about 550 hours. Jesus. Into this game. Oh my God. Oh. And even right now. I'm why aren't you better? No, you're good. You're good. I haven't seen you in ranked, though, but you're good. Yeah, I, I don't really. I don't want to play ranked unless I'm with all of you guys because I don't want to play with no names. Randoms, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's a whole different experience. It is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to no, cut in no, there. It was, just, it was too funny. To... <laughs> no, no, I was saying like, like I'm still having a blast with this game and even right now I'm like itching to get home and just sink another couple hours into this game. I think it's an amazing experience. I would even go as far as saying probably one of my top five favorite games of all time 
And I think the, the amount of hours that I sunk into it definitely shows it and gives it the tried and true way to uh, test the game out. Damn right. No, as you were saying, though, because you started early as well in the game, I've seen so many changes come with the game. Like, I've watched, because I've taken um, videos from, like, early play. The HUD is completely different. They, they've redone, like, every little detail in the game, and you might not even notice it at this point. The, the shield symbol at the bottom of the screen to show your health, that's gone through, like, four different iterations at this point. Like, the game has evolved so much from its original iteration that it, it's, it's just cool to see that, that they keep putting the, the time and effort into this game. Let's just drone into our scores, <laughs> not our final scores. The score. Good job. <laughs> so overall, I would give it a B. But as a multiplayer first-person shooter, this is a solid A. So I have a split score for this game. <laughs> Very well. Don't get confused. I was like, I say, wouldn't you just cut it in half and just call it a B plus? Nope. Because it could be an A minus, and then we could run into that whole thing, A minus B plus thing again. Mm, yeah. <laughs> B plus minus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, B plus minus. <laughs> plus minus. <laughs> Harry, what you got? Ah, oh, dude, you know what it's going to be. <laughs> A 10 out of 10. I have to. Now, if it was an early iteration of this game, probably be a little bit of, uh, it would probably be a little bit lower based <laughs> on trying to, to, to get into a match because I, I do remember the long waits and then sometimes just crashing. Or sometimes just getting booted out. It was a pain in the dick. Do you remember the blue screen of death? Never got that. So you're going where, where it would load, and then you would just sit. Oh, and see the six. <laughs> it's like just taunting you, like Rainbow Siege Six. <laughs> Rainbow Siege Six, and it'd just be the blue screen, the blue backdrop screen for the menu. Yeah. So you're going ten out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go ten out of ten. Is it? 10 uh, this is this is the one. No, I've had three. This, You've this had ties, three, ten out of ten. Yep. This ties with until dawn. And Left for Dead. Oh, and if fair. You really, I, I, fair. I think it's up there too. I really do. Clark Main. All right, so I'm gonna, you know, go with my uh, arbitrary score. I'm going to give this a get the fuck out of my house, guys, so I can play some fucking siege. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty direct. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. All right, see you guys. <laughs> I feel threatened. What? <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. What I think fucking so. better. I want to play some seed. Get the <laughs> fuck out. Uh, so Go! <laughs> Thanks for sticking around, fucking everybody. cheesiest fucking cheese ball <laughs> bullshit ever. <laughs> I'm going to call you Jax because you're nothing but cheese puffs. <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time. We love you. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Keep on shooting, bitches. Thanks for listening to Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. Stay up to date on our Facebook at facebook.com slash superfunpodcast.